middle of the air. This is Ken Butcher coming to you from the middle of the air, and today we're coming from from a new venue for the podcast. Although I've done some book signings and bought books here before, we are at the Highlands Bookstore in Brevard, um, newly purchased by Chris and Amanda Mosier, and uh, it's really exciting to be in a small local bookstore. They are the heart of the reading community in places like this. And today I have with me Charlotte Christmas Baxley. Charlotte has written a book called uh, I Still Have It All. So first of all, let's just start out by you telling us a little bit about the book. Okay, the book is an autobiography of my life, um, and it uh, really goes back. I relived my life from a young girl to uh, after I was married with children, and it's just a story of God's everlasting love and protection in the midst of life's obstacles that empowers you not to give up. Okay, great. So I want to tell people, uh, Charlotte was nice enough to send me a review copy, and what you can't see over the podcast here, she wrote a nice little note on it for me. And what you can't see is the absolutely gorgeous, almost like calligraphy handwriting that you have. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that. That's gorgeous. I mean, you might want to come by and get a copy of the book just to have her write a note in it, just to see that. So did you, did you study calligraphy or anything? I did not, but I taught school for six years. I taught second grade. So I had to learn myself how to print. And then um, as a young girl, I just uh, learned how to write in cursive. I was taught when I was in grade school, and it just became an art to me, and I just loved doing it. So I kind of picked it up on my own. So I've noticed some people that have handwriting like that or develop handwriting like that, they sometimes get into art or drawing or do you do anything like that i did when i was teaching i actually made all my um, posters and i would take uh, pictures of different things that would relate to my school items and i would uh, just sit there and draw them out and then paint them with uh, paint and watercolors and stuff and i just enjoyed doing it but i never made it a, a, a hobby for me okay all right so um I was intrigued by the title of the book. Tell, tell us what you meant by the title of the book. I, I still have it all. Well, after I had written my book, I, I kept really just praying about it and thinking, you know, what what I wanted uh, people to know. So after I finished the book and I realized all the the storms and challenges that we went through, um, especially uh, when we lost our home. You know, when everything is gone materially and um, you sit there and you see you've got your husband, you've got your three girls, and you got yourself, um, really compared to the rest of the world, we're very rich and we still have it all. That's really all you need, right? That's it. Okay, I get it. I get it. And um, so tell me, why did you write this book? I was uh, sitting one day, and it, it was uh, kind of, I was out on my porch, and I was thinking about my the journey of my life and all the challenges that I had been faced with, and uh, it's like that I kept having this prompting that I wanted to 
write my story. I said, I feel like I need to write my story because I feel like it would minister to someone else that's going through hardships, that's going through hard times, that may be sick, that may have challenges, um, whatever it may be. I said, if I can write my story and share to others not to ever give up, um, to keep pressing on, um, that's what I wanted to do. And I just sat down one day and I started typing and it just all come to me. Well, the only thing about that that disappoints me a little is you said you typed the book. I, when I saw your handwriting, I imagined this big notebook full of these scrolls, but I'll, I'll get over that, believe me. So tell me, for whom did you write the book? I wrote it um, for others that are out there that are, are without hope so that they can see that there is a person who went through all these storms and these challenges that never gave up and that if they are out there and they feel like that they're losing hope and want to give hope, that this book will give them the hope that they need. And I, that's what I wrote it for is for people who are in need. Okay, great. So let's, let's go into, I don't want to get into you know, too much of the contents of the book because that's why people want to read the book. But um, just a little bit of review. You were born in South Carolina, grew up your first part of your life in South Carolina? Yes, I was born in Mullen, South Carolina, and that's about uh, 50 miles from Myrtle Beach and um, lived there till I was in my uh, late 30s. And your mom, you talked a lot about your mom. She was a quilter. She was a quilter. She was about everything you could imagine her to be. She was a seamstress, a cook. Um, there wasn't much that she couldn't do, and she learned it on her own. And what kind of quilter was she? Was she a lap quilter or a, or a frame quilter? She was a lap quilter. Oh, well, I don't know. You're not one of my people then. I, I, I thought you were one of my people, but now I find you're in the other clan. Because my mom, my mom and my grandmother, they were quilters. They were frame quilters. I'm teasing. Did she ever have quilting bees? No. Those those were interesting. That's a that's a whole other story. Where I could get really sidetracked into that. But uh, do you still eat butter beans, or were you tired of those growing up? It's funny you ask that. Uh, no, I, I haven't been able to get them. It was so funny when I moved to the mountains from South Carolina. Um, Nowhere up here that I went to, farmer's market, um, um, fruit stands, wherever I went, I would ask, do you have speckled butter beans? And nobody knew what I was talking about. So I actually would go back home during the summer and um, get them there and get them shelled and put them in the freezer so I'd have them. And in the last few years, I haven't been able to do that. Um, but no, um uh, if I could have them right now today, I would have me a big pot on my stove cooking right now. But I haven't been able to do that, but I still love them. So you spent a lot of time um, in restaurants. You and your husband ran restaurants. What was the favorite thing you made? What was If I went to one of your restaurants, what would be the absolute favorite meal that you would put in front of me? Well, our first restaurant was the Huddle House, which is a fast food restaurant. And probably uh, with being raised uh, Southern, um, I would offer you sausage, grits, and eggs and toast or either a buttermilk biscuit. Okay. So let me ask you another kind of regional question. Since you've lived in South Carolina and North Carolina, 
So for people, people in the other parts of the country that listen to this podcast, what is the difference? Explain what is the difference between North Carolina and South Carolina, because you, you experienced them both. Well, I can tell you that South Carolina, um, being raised there mostly my whole life growing up until I was married with children, um, was a great place to live. Um, it was hot and uh, humid, and that was one part of South Carolina that I truly hated. My husband was a tobacco farmer at one time, and I got to experience that. Now, in North Carolina, um, it was quite different. Um, pretty much the same people and, and old-timers. I love that about people and friendliness. Um, but in North Carolina, I wasn't able to uh, experience and get some of the things and that I had been able to do my whole life in South Carolina. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, we have a lot of writers that listen to this podcast, so talk a little bit about how you wrote the book. What, what were your, let's get right down to the real nitty gritty. What were your writing methods? Did you write every day? Pretty much uh, when I decided to do this and I felt like it was the time, I would go out on my porch. I have a big wraparound porch and I would just go out there with my computer. And, you know, it was really amazing. Um, I started from a little girl when I was two years old, uh, and that's when I had lost my father that I didn't really know. Um, I just began to relive my life, and it was like I went through. It took me a year. I started in 2010, and I finished it in 2011, and I pretty much worked on it every day or every other day, and it was fascinating to relive my life and all the wonderful memories. My mother provided a wonderful home for the four girls that were left when my daddy was killed in the automobile accident. And um, I just, um, the joy of, of writing it. And then after I completed it and, and I sat down one day and read it, I was in awe myself of how I had been inspired to relive my life and just take it daily and, and go through those years again. Did you um, ever experience anything approaching writer's block? Or I'm sure some days went easier than others. Was, was there, did you experience that? And did you have any particular ways of um, sort of overcoming that? There were moments that um, when I would reach a certain point and something that I wanted to share, uh, I really had to really think about it and pray about it. Okay, Lord, how do you want me to word this? This What I've got here doesn't sound good. So, yes, there were moments like that, but it was amazing how God inspired me to just, you know, write what he gave me, and, and it would come together very clearly. So how, how long a day did you write? Probably two to three hours, and and then I would stop and rest, and it was according to what I had going on that day if I would get back into it, but most most days it would be in the mornings that I could spend two to three hours uh, working on it. So, so what kind of writer are you? Are you the kind of writer, what would I have actually seen if I went out on your front porch and watched you write? Were you, were you, did you sit down for an hour or two and your fingers would be clicking away at the keys constantly? Or do you stop and go and get up and get a cup of coffee and, and get back to it? Or what does that look like? Was it up and, well, this is what does it look like? 
Well, quite honestly, yes, I was up and down. I'm a, I'm one that I'll sit there for a little while and then I'll get restless. And I'll get up and get hot tea. I'll get coffee, whatever. So yes, you would have caught me getting up and down and getting me something to eat or getting something to drink and then getting back at it, typing away. Did you outline this at all or did you just kind of let it flow? I did not outline it. Um, I just let it flow as it come to me. And what about, talk about editing. You know, you got your manuscript there. You start going back over it. Um, what was your method of editing? Well, uh, when I got it completed and I read it myself, uh, I went back and corrected the things that I thought, being a teacher, that needed to be corrected. But that's when my press company uh, came through and were just absolutely awesome in helping me get that done. What's the name of your publisher? And talk a little bit about what your experience with them was like. My publisher is uh, Zulon Press through Salem Authors, and I have got to say that they probably are the most inspiring um, press company that I was uh, ever approached by. In fact, they are the ones that contacted me, and um, which was a miracle to me because I'd been waiting after I'd written my book. I'd waited, you know, for the right time. And they were so willing to work with you any way they can. They set you up on payments. They they do promotions for you. They They just are an absolutely wonderful company to work with, and I would recommend them to anybody. So when you say they set you up for payments, what what does that mean? That means that if you haven't got the funds to um, get your book um, published, that they will set you up on a payment plan where you can get it published and make payments on it each month. Okay, so you said they approached you. How did they? How did they know about you and that you were writing a book? Well, I'm not really sure how they had. Uh, knew I'd written a book because I hadn't really gotten it out there, but I received an email one day, and it was from one of their um, uh, general managers, and it said, if you are looking for a press company, if you have written a book, um, contact us. We got promotions going on and would love to work with you, and that's how I got in touch with them. So are you think you're happier with this kind of self-publishing technique rather than a traditional publisher? Well, I haven't had experience with the traditional publishing, but I've been very happy with the self-publishing, and this company actually is one of the largest self-publishing companies out there. And um, back to the editing question, did you have someone read it, or did you take, you know, did you get thoughts from other people? No, I did not. I, um, when I finished it and sent it, they asked me to send my manuscript to them, and I did. And then they sent me back feedback of what they thought. Um, they did tell me it was a well-written book, but there was maybe a few things that needed editing and correcting, and, you know, they were willing to do that. And so that's how we got that done. So did you, when, when you got, you know, you talked about, like, um correcting uh, mistakes and so forth. Did you go back over it and realize, oh, I left out a whole section of my life I should go back and and write and fill out, or did you pretty much get it the first go-around? No, I didn't get it the first go-around. <laughs> it was really funny. After I read it, I, I, there were 
a lot of things in there that I went back and reworded and changed and um, edited myself and um, that I, the, the first time I didn't get. But in fact, I read it two or three times and made sure before I sent it to them that everything was in there that I wanted. And, you know, the one good thing about this company um they did edit my book, but they did not take anything out of my book. Like I, I've heard some authors say that their publishing companies took a lot of their stuff out. They did not do that, and I really highly respect them for that. They honored everything that I put in my book. So um, before we wrap up here, I definitely wanted to get down um, – how can people follow you? Do you have a website, uh, Facebook? How, what's the best, best way for people to follow what's going on with your writing? I do have a website. Um, it's www.don'tgiveupministry. I have a Facebook page that's Don't Give Up Ministry. And I also have a YouTube and GodTube. On, uh, I still have it all, the name of my book. And... Um, so I, I feel like I got a lot of things going on out there that people can contact me through that. Um, I have a blog on my website that I'm posting to every week now and letting uh, others know what's going on in my life and where I'm at. And um, so you can, I can be reached through those. And I invite people to do that. Okay, thanks. Thanks again uh, for doing this, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. I appreciate it. Okay, all the best. Thanks again to the Highland Bookstore in Brevard, and thank you for listening. To hear more episodes or to subscribe to the podcast, visit us at themiddleoftheair.com.